0: Welcome to the wisdom of the womb podcast, your home for mind, body, and soul wellness for women. My name is Stephanie Adler. I'm a certified nutrition consultant, birth doula, and women's hormone and fertility expert. I've supported hundreds of women in having healthy cycles, healthy babies, and building a balanced foundation in their bodies and minds to set them up for a limitless life. Now it's your turn. I believe a woman reaches her full potential when she trusts the innate wisdom of her body and that those women change the world. So if you're wanting to achieve hormone harmony, have boundless energy, optimize your fertility, live a holistically healthy life, and learn how to love and trust your body to become the well woman you know you are meant to be, you're in the right place. Join me for weekly wisdom on topics such as holistic hormone and gut health, fertility, mindfulness, birth, pregnancy, and beyond, and leave with actionable steps towards well womanhood. Thanks for pressing play today. I'm so excited for the magic we're going to create together. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so looking forward to today's episode. Today's episode is inspired by many of my clients that over the past couple of weeks before and after Thanksgiving, we had been speaking so much to the complicated dynamics that come up around the holidays with families and with food. And, you know, going into the holiday, I was having so many of these conversations about how to make this the most nourishing year yet for so many of my clients. And I thought we could pass this wisdom on to you to use for the upcoming winter holidays, whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever it is that you are going to be doing over New Year's and beyond, right? This applies to any group gathering, this applies to any sort of celebratory meals. So buckle up because in today's episode, we're going to speak to and give you the step-by-step path forward to having a nourishing holiday and holiday meals and all the ways because nourishment is so much more than just about the vitamins and the macros, right? We're going to speak to how to set healthy boundaries for yourself around the holidays if you feel like you need them how to be a guest at someone's house and continue to stick to your food values, how to host when you have food preferences or guidelines, why not to bring a salad to the potluck, and perhaps most importantly, how to deal with family members or friends who aren't on board with your lifestyle changes or who don't understand what you're doing, and also why their opinions about your food choices aren't actually about you. So lots to get into today. First, we're going to start and we need to get clearer on what a nourishing holiday meal means to you. And this is going to set the foundation for everything else that comes when we're speaking about food and nourishment over the holidays, because nourishment comes in many forms. Soul nourishment is equally as important as body nourishment in my book, and the two should not have to contradict each other. That said, sometimes occasionally they do. And something I'm famous for saying to my clients is that it's better to eat the wrong thing with the right attitude than the right thing with the wrong attitude. So, how does that translate to your holiday meal? If you're sitting there eating a rice cake with almond butter and a little bit of cinnamon on top, ooh, as a dessert, while everyone else is eating what looks like the most divine chocolate pecan pie, and you're resenting every second of eating the right thing. In this case, eating with the wrong attitude is not only hurting your soul, right? Because it hurts when everyone else is eating that delicious dessert and you're sitting there eating a rice cake with almond butter and cinnamon, because that's like sweet for you right now. But it also means that you're probably not digesting it very well, and it's not going to serve you in a multitude of ways. But does that mean just go ham on the pecan pie that's made with gluten, corn syrup, dairy, or even worse, margarine, because Aunt Lydia didn't get the, we actually can believe it's not butter memo (laughs) with no abandon, especially if you're in the process of trying to heal a candida overgrowth or leaky gut or manage your PCOS naturally or something else that requires intention with your food choices, probably not, right? So what are we supposed to do? What's a girl to do? First, you need to start with deciding what parts of the holiday feel really important to you. For me, Thanksgiving is not Thanksgiving without dessert. Hanukkah isn't Hanukkah without latkes, but I'm pretty take it or leave it on the sufganiyot, which are jelly-filled donuts. So, for you, are Christmas cookies the part of Christmas that warm your soul and make you feel like you're 10 years old in your jammies again? Or is it the cinnamon buns on Christmas morning? Or is it something warm to drink by the fire with Frank Sinatra in the background and your whole family around you? Get curious and really clear on what part of the holiday is nourishing to your soul, nourishes your mind and your heart. This includes what foods, what traditions, what traditions that have nothing to do with food, and what feels nourishing in terms of how you want to feel emotionally and physically. For many, feeling overly full and bleh, which is such a common experience over the holidays, is not actually nourishing for how they want to spend their holidays feeling. But because it's the norm, no one's questioning it. So question that. What feels nourishing for you in terms of how you want to wake up the next day? What feels nourishing about how you want to feel about yourself afterwards, after a meal, maybe in your clothes, but also maybe in your ability to trust yourself, to take care of yourself. Take a second, ruminate on these things. If you need to go back and rewind and write some of these questions down to revisit them later, this is really going to set you up for your unique holiday success. My holiday nourishment needs are going to be different from yours, from a tradition perspective, emotionally, physically with food, how I want to feel in my clothes, my body, all of that is going to be unique and different to you. So get clear on what that makes, what makes the most nourishing holiday for you. And now comes the secondary step of figuring out how to make the body nourishment fit in with the soul nourishment and have them magically match up. Sometimes it seems really hard and sometimes it even seems impossible, but I promise, love, it is so possible. Before we move on to the step of making the two match though, if you're new or, or new to a more intentional approach around lifestyle and food, the holidays might be a time to set some healthy boundaries for yourself. For me, almost 15 years into a healing journey, I don't really feel like I need them, right? If you're 15 weeks in, it might feel necessary. Also just clarifying, it doesn't necessarily take 15 years to feel like you don't need boundaries around this. I haven't felt like I needed these types of boundaries in well over a decade. So don't fret if you're like, oh my God, is it going to take 15 years? That's not what I'm saying. But if you are newer to this process, if this is your first holiday season, or maybe your second holiday season, going into an environment that is very different than the one you typically surround yourself when it comes to food and lifestyle choices, it might be necessary to set these boundaries. And when you're setting these boundaries, I want you to connect to your why. Your why is a huge anchor point and something I talk about with my clients all the time into why have you been making these lifestyle changes? Why have you been making food changes? Why is going into this holiday with boundaries necessary? Maybe you're trying to heal your gut and staying away from gluten is really important. Maybe you're committed to having pain-free periods and reducing inflammation is the path to giving you so much more freedom during your cycle. So your why is your freedom. Your why, your why is a pain-free period on the horizon. Perhaps by next holiday season, you're manifesting, introducing your new baby to the extended family. And in order to get there, achieving hormone balance or optimizing your egg quality is your priority at the moment. If that's the case, your why is your your fertility, your why is your hormone balance, your why is your egg quality, your why is to come to this next holiday with a baby. Whatever your why is, reconnect with that and decide what boundaries you're going to set around it. Maybe it's around alcohol, if not drinking is newer to you, or around the number of servings if you're struggling with food addiction or around what you're gonna put on your plate. Whatever it is, set some healthy boundaries, making sure that they're achievable, if that's necessary for you, okay? So now that we've gotten clear on what matters to you for nourishment, mind, body, and soul, maybe we've set some boundaries if we feel like that's necessary, it's time to make them all fit together. I'm gonna do this through a little bit of storytelling. And I'm going to use myself and Thanksgiving as an example for this to start. This is me being a guest at someone else's Thanksgiving and some being someone who is not uh, family to the hosts or my partner isn't family to the hosts as well. And we'll speak to being a guest at a family. And then after this, we'll speak to being a guest at a family member's house and what it's like if you're hosting all through storytelling with client experiences from this past year, who had their best Thanksgiving yet. So I'm going to speak from my personal experience first, and I'm going to give you some client examples, and we're going to see how this plays out in real life with real people, real family dynamics, real people dynamics at a holiday. Okay. So the way that I typically eat to feel my best is paleo-ish. I'm gluten-free. Very, very occasionally I will eat a long fermented sourdough, but 99.9% of the time I'm gluten-free. I'm mostly dairy-free. I do do ghee and some butter um, and the occasional cheese, but not that often. I do eat some gluten-free grains, but I try to limit my corn consumption. And on a regular basis, I try to avoid processed sugars or soy. All right. Of course, when I think about the way that I eat, on a day-to-day basis, I hardly ever think about what I do not eat and what I avoid. And I mostly am focused on how many yummy foods and beautiful vegetables and colorful nutrients and perfectly prepared proteins and how many cuisines I can regularly enjoy. Those are the things that I typically think about. It's definitely coming from a place of abundance, but for the sake of communicating how I go into Thanksgiving, it is important to know what I don't eat. So that's why I shared all of that above. And now listen, I am all for advocating and speaking up about your needs. And it's something that I was speaking about regularly with clients and we're going to speak about at the end of this podcast episode when we talk about how to deal with family members who are not on board. That said um, after my first year at this Thanksgiving, which I will speak more to the details of in a second. Um, and at the first Thanksgiving that I went to, I definitely made a few dishes because I love to cook and I was excited to share. And I was also prepared to not have that many options. It did become clear to me that in this situation, in this type of Thanksgiving that my, uh, husband's family has participated in with their neighbors, that it was going to, fall on me to make sure that my body nourishment goals were met. Um, as well as I was going to make need to make the things that were important for me on a soul level to eat because I wasn't interested in going to the host of whom I have no familial connection. And even though they are family friends that I adore and asking them to change their very mm, Stephanie friendly traditions, to something that serves me, right? This family, they do a spring roll for an appetizer and a hot and sour soup tradition. And that's like what they make plus the turkey. And then everyone else potlucks, the entire other 20 people. So I wasn't gonna like mass email the list of 20 plus people, most of whom I see one time a year, if that, to accommodate my dietary wishes. But that also didn't mean I wouldn't have my Thanksgiving favorites, right? The internet is a magical, magical place. And when I tell you there is a paleo version of literally every dish you could ever want and dream of, the recipe is on the internet. I am speaking the truth, okay? I always search for paleo because it matches most of my food goals. And there are so many creators for paleo recipes so even if you're not someone who eats paleo regularly, it's a really great starting point for just paleo chocolate cream pie, paleo sweet potato casserole, whatever it is that you want, put the word paleo in it and you're gonna find a really nourishing recipe for it. And it's gonna be delicious. Paleo recipe creators have like really hacked how to make it taste the same. So see the magic that comes up when you start putting whatever dish you want plus paleo into the source engine, all right? And so what we do when we're going to Seattle for this Thanksgiving is we give my mother-in-law a very detailed shopping list of all the things that we need to make our favorite dishes. We specify organic, the brands of certain things if we want them, you know, specified. We communicate when we'll need time in the kitchen to make what we're trying to make. And then I get the Thanksgiving meal that I want, and it is so divine. And I feel hundred percent after it. Win, 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 win. There are usually other dishes there that I can also eat, right? Someone makes a salad or roasted carrots or something else that is a nice addition to my plate, but I'm not sitting there with a lack of options. I bring what I know I need to feel nourished in my mind, body, and soul. When we're doing Thanksgiving with my family, I definitely communicate more clearly with my parents what I need. I share recipes that they can cook for me. And overall, more of the dishes are specified to me and I don't have to make all of them. But if you're a guest in someone else's house and there's nuance to how close you are with them, it doesn't mean that your number one goal is not still to make sure that your nourishment needs are met. Okay. So you get to have your gluten free cake and eat it too your gluten-free pie, your gluten-free vodka, whatever it is you want and eat it too. It's totally fine to come into someone else's space, especially if you don't know them that well and not like completely shake up the whole thing and just be like, yeah, this is what I brought. I put like a little gluten-free sticker on my, you know, like a little post-it note, for everything in case anyone else cares about it. Most of the time they do not. Um, but everyone else still eats the food and they like, love it so much. I made a paleo chocolate cream pie this year for dessert for Thanksgiving. And we went home with very little of it. I was disappointed. Honestly, I wanted more leftovers. (laughs) Okay. So you, you get to make it your own, no matter how close you are with them. If you're going to someone else's house, We're going to speak to this in a second. If you're going to a family member's house and it feels like there needs to be more communication and you want it to, to work a little bit differently, I'm going to speak to how this can play out in a different scenario. It can look a lot of different ways, but it never needs to look like your body and your soul nourishment needs are not met. So here's another story. I'm going to use another client as an example. So one of my clients was staying at her aunt's house for Thanksgiving weekend, and this is something they do every year. And she was really nervous going into it because in the past years, she's had very few options. She has been gluten-free and dairy-free for a while. It makes a huge difference in her digestion. This is abundantly clear and has been for a couple years. However, since we've been supporting her PCOS together, we identified that it was primarily inflammation-based PCOS. And so since then she's made other changes, right? We've been looking at things such as oils and other sources of sugars and A lot of times when we make just like gluten and dairy-free things, if we're not educated, they can oftentimes include a lot of inflammatory additives. So since she started making these changes, she's also started ovulating every single cycle. Magic. The body's magic when we give it what it needs. So exciting. Anyways, I digress. It's just it makes me really happy when women's bodies start working the way that they're supposed to, and then they can trust them. All right. So this particular client's overall goal is to get pregnant. And she's really committed to staying on that path, feeling good, also feeling nourished and also staying true to her. Why I want to keep ovulating. I want to have a really regular cycle. She was going to be at her aunt's house all weekend. And her initial plan when we talked about Thanksgiving was to bring a salad to share. I said, are you really sure you want a salad? What other holiday foods do you love and that like you're going to miss that you're skipping? And not just because, you know, of the new changes we've made, but looking back in history, right? Like, what other changes, like, what are your favorite holiday foods? So, the more I asked her about it, it became really clear that what she wanted was mashed potatoes, sweet potato casserole, a dessert, and a salad. But She didn't even know, it didn't even cross her mind that she could make these holiday favorites in a way that she enjoyed. She thought because of her previous experiences that she was resigned to having a very sad plate with some turkey and some salad on it while everyone else was enjoying the sweet potato casserole and the mashed potatoes and the desserts. And she wasn't gonna get to have them. So what did we do? I coached her first through calling her aunt. Mind you, she didn't end up calling until a few days before the holiday when all of the shopping had already been done. A lot of the cooking had mostly been done. So, you know, in future years, there's gonna be hope for more collaboration here. And we actually had her set a calendar invite to or a calendar reminder to go off November 1st next year so that this can be a conversation that is had earlier. But um, this year she ended up, you know, communicating what her needs were. And after hearing the menu from her aunt, which she got in advance, she realized there was going to be almost nothing on the menu for her. And what she did was she communicated then how much time she would need in the kitchen at her aunt's house to provide the foods that she wanted to eat. She had her husband and her brother be her sous chef. And she ended up having the best holiday meal in years. Years, 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 years. And in talking about it afterwards, it wasn't just about the meal, but it was feeling included as well as being well-fed that was super important to her soul nourishment. She was missing both before, the body and the soul. Now she had several members of her family telling her how excited they were that she made this food because they didn't feel good after eating the food that the aunt makes. And this is the aunt is making these foods simply because it's what she knows. And she's scared of change. But like I said, you know, next year, we set this calendar reminder to go off on November one. She's going to call her aunt and talk through the menu. There's going to be even more inclusion, more of the family feeling good in body and in mind. Like everyone loved my client's paleo version of the same dishes, loved them. So if you are staying with family that you feel comfortable talking to contribute, but contribute something that you really want. And the reality is if someone is making a salad, you're likely going to be able to eat it. But if you make the salad and someone else makes the dessert or someone else makes the stuffing, you likely won't be able to eat that. So make What you won't be able to eat unless you make it and leave the Brussels sprouts to someone else, right? Like what could someone possibly be putting in those Brussels sprouts? I mean, I guess it's possible that they put soy sauce or like breadcrumbs on top of it, but it's unlikely, right? And if you feel comfortable, this is what I'm speaking to, like call your aunt and be like, Hey, you're making Brussels sprouts. What kind of Brussels sprouts are you making? Oh, you're going to use soy sauce. Could I ask for you to use coconut aminos instead, and then I'll be able to eat them. And I promise no one is going to be able to tell the difference, right? So the lessons here are contribute and communicate, ask if the person hosting would be willing to make a dish gluten-free or a paleo version of a dish offer to send them a recipe or help them shop for the alternative ingredients. If they seem uncertain on how to do it, most often people just don't know how to cook this way, but are happy to, especially once they see the dishes taste just as good and then just make it easy for them and then from there just focus on all of the other aspects of the hot holiday that make you happy. For this client, the time that she spent cooking with her husband and her brother and the other family members that were gathered around the kitchen keeping her company was so soul nourishing. It helped her feel even more included by contributing in that major way. So allow it to nourish you as much as the food nourishes you. Let the soul nourishment nourish you as much as the food nourishment is nourishing you and recognize they don't have to be contradictory. Now, if you're hosting, this is like the real level up. If you're hosting, you have the most control, but you don't have to do it alone. I think sometimes this is the the downfall when someone is hosting and they have food preferences and they're like, oh no, okay, well I'm hosting. So I get to make whatever I want, but now I have to make everything. So I'm going to tell you the story of a client who this year Had the most amazing Thanksgiving. She is two years into a very intensive healing journey and has been gluten and dairy free for some time. The first Thanksgiving that she was doing, that she was also needing to be nut free and a few other things free um, for some really intensive gut healing. But this year, she had her first fully gluten and dairy free holiday meal, and it was truly spectacular they hosted and so they, she did cook a lot, but she also sent family members resources on how to make the foods they love in the way that she needed it. To be able to look at an entire dessert spread, right? Not just the one little thing of gluten-free cookies, but the entire dessert spread and know that all of them were available to her was so healing on a soul level so, if you're hosting, what I advise you to do is set the ground rules for your house, and then make it easy for people to follow them. So, what this could look like could be like a Google sheet, uh, you know, spreadsheet, where you write all of the things that you guys want. So, it could be. Um, You know, turkey, holiday ham, mashed potatoes, uh, your grandma's Pantone, whatever. I'm probably saying that wrong. (laughs) I just keep seeing it when I go to check out at Whole Foods. They have like a little Pantone thing. And, anyways, um, whatever it is, you make a spreadsheet in one column with all of the things that you guys typically have at your holiday meal that you're excited to have. And then you put two recipe options in the next folder. Right, or in the next line, you put two options from the internet, both of which are exactly the way that you want it. And then you leave a third column where someone can write their name and say what they're bringing. Easy as gluten free, dairy free pie. <laughs> in the future, this is 100% what I intend to do when it comes to holiday meals. I am so looking forward to the day where we host. And in my home and in your home, you should feel completely able to eat all the things. And so make it that way. All right. And I promise everyone is going to love it. No one even notices the difference. My brother-in-law is like one of those people who resents when things are healthy. You know, everyone knows one of those people (laughs) and like, he'll get like mad if he finds out that like you use like Greek yogurt instead of sour cream on his burrito bowl kind of thing. And I remember for this, Thanksgiving that I spoke to that, you know, the big neighbor Thanksgiving, I made these paleo tahini brownies once, shout out to the ambitious kitchen. They are divine. And I made these paleo brownies once. And he came up to me and was like, oh my God, these are the best brownies I've ever had. Like, wow, they're so yummy. And I was like, awesome. They're paleo. (laughs) And like he, again, one of these people who hates when things are healthy, eats The most of the dairy, the most of the gluten and was like obsessed with these brownies. I thought they were the best he ever had. So no one is going to know the difference. They're probably going to like your versions better and they're definitely gonna like the way they feel better. So now let's speak to the hardest part, speaking of family, right? It's when family or friends don't get it. They don't approve or they have an opinion about your lifestyle or food choices. And the first thing I'm gonna say about this which should be the last thing I need to say about this. But of course, I'm also going to give you some tips and tricks and we'll talk about it more. Is that when other people have an opinion and judge your food choices or your lifestyle, it is because they are insecure about their own. I'm going to say that one more time. When other people have an opinion or judging your lifestyle or your food choices, It is because they are insecure about their own food choices or their own lifestyle. It is all a projection because it is easier to judge you for being, I'm putting quotation marks here, quote, quote, quotation marks here, difficult. It's easier to judge you for being difficult or for being healthy than to be honest with themselves about their own relationship with their food or their health. And when you realize that, it is so freeing and you can let, you cannot let the comments or the behavior bother you because you realize it's not about you. It's about them. That said, it is never fun to have people commenting on your food. And so here are some ways you can handle that in the moment. My favorite tool when someone is either curious coming from a place of positive curiosity or from a place of negative judgment, negative comments, whatever it is. So this can work in both beautiful ways is I feel best when, and it can really be used as a response to anything, question, comment, positive, negative, et cetera. And it kind of shuts down the conversation, but not in a negative way. So for example, why aren't you drinking? I I, I honestly just feel so much better when I stick to water. Anyone, except maybe your worst enemy does not want you to feel good, right? Or is someone who is really in a deep, dark place about them, themselves feeling bad and misery loves company. But most people in your life want you to feel good. So stating that you feel best when, fill in the blank. I feel best when I eat enough vegetables. I feel best when I get adequate protein. I feel best when I don't drink alcohol. I feel best when I eat gluten-free shuts down any criticisms of what you're doing. Because what are they supposed to say? Oh, I think it's stupid. You want to feel your best? No, of course not. But if you're just saying, you know, I'm eating gluten-free, someone can be like, oh yeah, I was reading about that. I I don't know. I feel like it's all a scam. But if you say, I feel best when I, I feel this way, who can deny that experience? It also requires you to not have to go into a long explanation of well, I'm actually trying to heal my gut or actually I have PCOS and therefore, you know, I, when I'm balancing my blood sugar, it really helps me ovulate. Like you don't have to do that at a holiday party. You can just be like, yeah, I feel best when I wake up, not hung over. Conversation avoided, right? Another way to deal with people who are inquiring minds about your, food choices about your lifestyle choices. I find this can be especially beneficial if someone is coming from a place of um like not hostility necessarily necessarily though sometimes it could be but like maybe they're coming from a place of discomfort and it is projecting in a way which is negative towards your choices is to get curious and ask questions. I was just speaking to a client about this the other day and we were kind of, you know, brainstorming back and forth how she can deal with her stepmom who frequently makes comments around her food. She calls her particular, she calls her sensitive, and the more we spoke about it, the more clearly we were able to see that like this is a direct causation of her stepmom who has often expressed that she wishes she had more willpower, right? projecting that onto her. Also, after their family trips, the stepmom will often comment on how not good she feels, how she wants to do a juice fast, et cetera. So it's really clear that her insecurity around not being able to hold her own boundaries around food manifests in her not feeling well and wanting to overcompensate in the overdirection, But in showing up, it's showing up in a way of her being vocally critical of my client, who does have willpower around food and can make choices that make her feel good. And therefore she doesn't feel like the need to do all of these crazy things on the other side. So anyways, we were brainstorming about this and we were you know, just saying how like you can ask someone why you being a certain way with food makes them uncomfortable, right? So the previous strategy keeps things light that I feel best when. It keeps things really light and can be used for, you know, more like casual interactions, right? You're at a holiday party. Oh, why aren't you drinking? You're seeing your aunt who you haven't seen in, you know, six months. And she notices you're not eating her favorite, you know, the cheesecake that she makes that she's famous for. I feel best one. But if someone has been making recurring comments or is someone that you're willing to go deeper with or the opportunity calls for you to go deeper with, this can be a really great example of when the strategy can be effective, right? So, in this example with my client and her stepmom, asking her why my client being particular around food is something she keeps commenting on. Why does me being particular about food make you uncomfortable? Is me being sensitive around food bringing up something for you? And getting curious without getting confrontational, but also getting to a point where They can examine why they seem to pass judgment or make comments about others can be a really long-term effective strategy with someone that you're spending time with regularly, or that's someone who's close to you in your life. But most importantly, it's really important to remember that it's never about you. And it's almost always about them in either circumstance. So we have the, I feel best when, or the getting curious and asking them like, you know, why, why does me being gluten-free make you uncomfortable? Right? Is there something about me being paleo that's triggering to you? Can be really really effective. So, now that we've covered all of all of that when it comes to holidays, I hope you're feeling really ready and excited to go into the winter holidays and future holidays with confidence. Remember that communication, contribution, and staying true to yourself are the keys to success no matter what environment you're in this holiday season. There are always food options to satisfy all of your soul and body nourishment needs. Always. Don't forget it. Feel free to send me a message and I can point you in the direction of resources for these recipes, share some of my favorite bloggers, It has been such a blast this holiday season, helping my clients find recipes that are nostalgic and fun and also serve them in their health goals already. And I'm looking forward to doing it again in a couple of weeks. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please share it with someone who you would, who would benefit from it. Someone who maybe has a snarky stepmom (laughs) or just anyone who is also on a healing path and, might need support dealing with their family, might need support going into this holiday with a really nourishing body and mind. As always, podcast ratings and reviews are so important. So please subscribe if you enjoy this content. Please rate us, please review us. I am accepting a few more private clients this holiday season. So if you are ready to make 2023 your most nourished year yet, and want support in getting there, send me a message or fill out my private coaching application, which is in the show notes below. As always, you can reach out on Instagram, Stephanie Adler wellness, Stephanie with an F also in the show notes, wishing you all a happy holiday season. So much love.